From Nashville, Tennessee, it's the weekly Grace Church Nashville podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Grace Church Nash and use the hashtag located in the podcast description. And now here's Lyndall Cooley with this week's message. I was watching a commentator this week. He said something that really struck my spirit. He was referring to the current situation in our nation. And he said, trouble is coming to your front door and you can't stay neutral. You will have to choose a side. Well, I want you to know this. I'm not a politician, nor am I a political preacher. And I'm not going to start being one today. I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was not called into the political arena. If I had, I would have been a politician. I was called to lead people into the presence of God and to preach the word of God. I will always try to address the moment without reacting in emotion to the moment. When you react without contemplation, you can be misled. Sometimes you need to restrain yourself until all the facts are in and the tension has eased. The Bible says that the people of God, us, are to have a word that sustains the weary. So many people in our nation are weary right now. They're weary of the protest. They're weary of the hate. They're weary of all of it. And the Bible says we can have a word that will sustain them. We should not stir the stew just because it makes us have a momentary release. Opening your mouth prematurely can cause great harm to the very person you're called to love. If you consider where we are in this moment, friend, right now, and how far we've moved in the last six months, to say that things are in a state of change and flux is an understatement. I'm not so sure that this idea of social media is the best thing, especially the way we use it right now. I'm about to get plain. The regurgitation of unfiltered facts and the knee-jerk reaction of emotions on full display without a filter is not only unkind and inconsiderate, but at times it's downright hurtful. We live in a narcissistic generation. We've been taught to live for ourselves and our own happiness. And if we care for others and consider others in our decision, it's thought to be repressive. And it's not a consideration that even crosses our minds. But people have come to a point where self is the only point they have. But we have a gospel. And that gospel is for this world. And that message is life and hope to the world. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ his only begotten son. Do you realize what you say when you say that? You're saying that God loved the world enough that he gave himself. He gave the best gift he had. It wasn't an afterthought. The message of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ is for every man, every woman, every child, every color, every race, every tribe. So be careful, friends, when you join voices with those who try to separate the body of Christ. We are born again children of God first and Americans next. I am a son of God born again by the spirit and the blood first. I'm white next. Do not ever put anything above 
the, the, the fellowship we have as believers in Christ. As we move forward in time and get closer to the coming of Jesus, I want you to see this. There's a choice that needs to be made. The commentator was right, but it's not a choice to be left or right or to be, uh, to be a Republican or a Democrat or to be a centrist or to be a neutralist or to be independent. It's not about that or to move to Chaz. It's this decision. Jesus said in Luke 16, 13, no man can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other or else be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What in the world is mammon? According to biblical culture, the word mammon often carried a negative connotation. It was used to describe lust and excesses of gluttony, greed, and dishonest gain. Ultimately, the word mammon described as idols of materialism which many trusted as a foundation for their world and their philosophy. We have been in a state of lukewarmness in the American church for quite a while now. We've been coddled to sleep by impotent, prayerless preachers. We've been sang to sleep by the soothing lullaby of everything is going to be all right. Our prayers have become feeble requests and whining sessions rather than the roar of the authority of the child of God who's well acquainted with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not here to be brash or harsh, but I'm going to be direct. Jesus did not die for that kind of half-hearted commitment. It's time to sign up for battle. We are living in a war zone and we are on the winning side. The kingdom of God will win. Do you hear me? The kingdom of God will, I don't know who's going to win out there outside with left and right. I'm telling you, that is not my kingdom. My kingdom is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I'm subject to his authority only. Those in our streets need to hear that somebody loves them so much that he walked to death to set them free. We watch our, dis- our society descending into madness. It's time to lift your eyes to another place. When I was a little boy, my mother used to hold me. Yes, I was that little one time. And she would sing this song to me. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue, the angels beckon me to heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I feel God giving us a renewed call to go to the world with the message of the cross, to go to the streets with the message of the cross. They need to know the good news of the gospel. I asked the Lord, I said, God, I don't know what to say anymore. 
If I say the wrong thing, I'm in trouble. If I try to stay neutral, I'm in trouble. If I lean left, I'm in trouble. If I lean right, I'm in trouble. If I'm too white, I'm in trouble. If I'm too black, I'm in trouble. If I'm too Hispanic, I'm in trouble. What do I do? And the Lord said to me, that hopelessness is not coming from me. And that confusion is not coming from me. He said, you speak to the people of my love and my mercy and my word. And I said, God, what's going to change it? He said, when you quit asking me to save the nation and ask me to save the people. See, it's easy. See, these demons, let's just call it what it is. It's demonic. It's unreasonable. It's demonic. And it's all set up to play with your emotions. It's set up to anger you. To hate the guy who's pulling the statue down. Or to love him one way or the other. It's all about division and hate. And it causes you to feel hopeless and not know what to do. And what the Lord began to speak to me is, love the one who's causing the anarchy enough to intercede for their soul. Every person under the sound of my voice today, you're going to stand before the Lord. You're going to spend eternity one place or the other. Yes, there really is a hell, believe it or not. And you're not going there with all your friends because it's a lonely place. You may be in hell together, but you won't know it. The Bible says it's a place of outer darkness. It's a place of complete loneliness. It's a place of continual torment. It's a place where video screens play your past over and over and over. And the past they play is not the failures of your life, but the times that you should have said yes to Jesus. That's what you're going to see for, you're going to relive altar calls like you just watched today over and over in total darkness and eternity with hopelessness. There'll be no light there. There'll be no hope there. There'll be no friend there. Your mother won't be there. Your father won't be there. Uh, You'll be all alone. That's what hell's going to be. It's a real place. And those people, before you hate them too quick, realize that Jesus died for them. And oh God, let the church return to anguish for the lost. And let us cry out and moan and groan until they're saved. I know it's hard sometimes when they act so bad. The hope they need is the hope we have. You say, well, I knew Christians before. They didn't have any hope. They were hopeless like everybody else. Well, that's impossible. Because Hebrews 2.11 says, Therefore, remember that you, you were once Gentiles in the flesh, and you were called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision by flesh and by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens, from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having you used to have no hope without God in this world, but now you have it. <laughs> we are watching people in our nation die a spiritual death, and we hold the cure. What's the cure? It's not dead religion, it's not a, a list of rehearsed facts, it's salvation brought. Through Jesus, not through intellectual assent. 
It's not a social message that merely is acceptance. No, it's transforming life. Convert. Listen, it's life transforming com- uh, conversion that permanently changes you from the inside out where you're celebrated in heaven and feared in hell. The world is full of division and hate, but the only real way to change the scenario is for us to come back to our first love. You and I as believers, we've got to come back to our first love in Jesus. And when we come back to Jesus in our full love, we're going to see his heart. And when we get deeper in him, we're going to hear his anguish over the lost. Jesus wants to heal the hurts. He wants to take away hearts of stone, hard-heartedness. Have you been watching it on your television screen? Hard-heartedness, hateful hardness, mistreating people, burning their businesses, beating up people, and having no care. Hardness. The Bible says when Jesus comes into your life, he takes away your hard heart and puts a heart of flesh where you're soft again and you're kind again. We live in a world where Satan is the ruler of the air and his hatred for God is so great that he'll do anything he can do to dominate the conversation, to fill the hearts of his followers with hate and murder and destruction. The Bible says the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. Jesus says in John, you're of your father, the devil, and your desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks his own resources for he's a liar and the father of it. This morning I'm saying to the cold heart, repent and turn to your first love. I'm saying to the lost in this room or watching this video, there's a savior who's come to heal you, forgive you and change you. I'm saying to those who love Jesus, it's time to get every day filled with the power from heaven and go boldly to the throne of God in powerful, fervent, unrelenting prayer in the name of Jesus. Let us pull people from the jaws of destruction and hell and let us lay hold of them for the reward of Christ's suffering for the eternal kingdom of God. We have an unprecedented opportunity right now to step in the battle and raise the bar. We have heaven on our side and the power of God to help us. Arise, shine, for your light has come. This situation is challenging, but it's not hopeless. And the times are calling us to our destiny. You may not know the answers of this moment, but I can tell you how to access them. They're in the secret place with Jesus. You come out of that secret place with the Lord and you've been hanging out with the powerful twins of worship and prayer and intercession. (laughs) And you let the anguish of Jesus possess your soul for the lost. Don't walk the floor and fret over this situation outside the door. Pray, moan, and groan until you feel the heaviness lift. See, I'm shutting up right here. But some of you are relenting too quick. You don't understand a principle. It's always darker right before dawn. Hell always fires up just before it's about to leave. Demons scream out before they're cast out.
You can't pray for this nation and your children by going, now, God, I just ask you, Lord, you know I raised them right, Father. I ask you in the name of Jesus. No, you got to see a different picture. you got to see the little jaws of hell opening and pulling them in, feet first. And you got to get your mama and your papa on. And you get mad. And you come at that thing in the name of Jesus. And you go, I will not relent. You will not take my children. You demon of hell, you turn loose in Jesus' name. I command you in the name of Jesus to let go of my children. Let go of my nation. Let go of the people. Now, when we get a church doing that, we'll see movement. Somebody says, well, that's, just, that's not how I pray. Well, you, I, I promise you. If someone is standing and not paying attention and a bus is headed their way to run over them, you're not going to say, hey, you want to step this way? You're going to go, get out of the way! Run! That's called anguish. And realize you're not anguishing because you care. You're anguishing because he does. Let the Spirit intercede through you. Let him intercede through you. If you let the burden of prayer come on you, you'll see change. Anybody here? Y'all are quiet. Quit raining. Y'all got quiet. I'm about finished. I am finished. Don't relent. Don't placate to the devil. Your friends, your family, your nation depends on it and heaven's waiting on it. I want to tell you right now. I was in shock when all this happened, just like you. I was going, oh, God, what are we going to do? I don't know what's going to happen. Something has gotten on me the last several weeks of just mad. I'm not mad at the people. I'm mad. I've had enough. And I began to preach and pray the word into the atmosphere. I started praying the word. I started praying God's will over situations. I started speaking life over death. It's hard to be full of hate when you realize that somebody's died for you. And that's the message of the good news. So today as you go into this week, I don't know what's going to happen. These are crazy times. I, I feel so good being here with you. It's so good to see you. I didn't know if we'd have a church when this was over. Let me tell you something. There's something about us coming together. When the Holy Spirit starts to move in that worship, it's like a hosing off. And it's hard to stay on fire when we can't be together. God made it that way. He wants us to be together. Somebody says, what do you think all this is? A spirit of Antichrist in the nation for sure. And it's aimed at the church. Somebody says, trying to tear down America and destroy our economy. No, it's not. It's trying to tear the church down. Trying to keep the church. And it's successfully kept us from being together for over three months. That's what its purpose was. Because if the church can be emaciated and destroyed and financially going through hell and you people are all of us together just going through everything all by ourselves in our room alone. Then the enemy thinks he can slip in and do something. But I am telling you in the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. We're not going to have this. We're not going to have this in Jesus name. No more. No more. The church of Jesus Christ is about to rise up. You're about to see a transformation. Just watch out. We're not going to rise up politically. Again, 
It's not about politics. It's about Jesus. It's not about black and white. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And it's all about what he did on the cross for every person. Thanks for listening. For more information about Grace Church, you can visit us online at gracechurchnashville.com and find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gracechurchnash. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.